Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris. Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. We are down here at Longwell's State Tournament Action here on a Thursday. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr back at our ESPN studios. And tell you what, excited to be out and about. It feels almost back to normal as uh, we are back at it in March. Another Roadshow Thursday. And uh, plenty to get into. Nebraska football thoughts. Another quarterback that's been offered We'll talk about that, Husker basketball in Iowa City, as uh, Fred and company look to make it three in a row, uh, although uh, Garza and company, man, uh, are uh, they're, they're a tall mountain. Uh, some news and notes to get to in the NFL, and the uh, Kansas City Royals make it a statement about how they feel about the future of fandom. And uh, we'll talk about some of Bill Moose's comments also to Mitch Sherman. You're welcome to come down. As I said, we're here at Longwell's down in the rail yard, and uh, the the garage doors are open here at Longwell's. So uh, we're indoors here, but the garage doors here to the uh, the north side are open. There's a wonderful breeze, you know, the sunshine and the temperatures that that have been uh, just incredible uh, in the mid-60s, pretty full uh, rail yard before the afternoon session of basketball started. So I can't tell. There's some kids playing hoops. There's a, a portable hoop that uh, with a lot of the three-on-three or five-on-five for rail yard hoops. It got wheeled out. Uh, there's uh, basketball going on right below the cube. And I can't tell if, if this is, you know, Spud Webb League for me and, and Damon Barr with the, the hoop at eight and a half or nine feet. To be frank with you, I'd still need about seven and a half feet like the old driveway. Or if this thing's 10 foot and you've got some 6'3 kids in from out of town that are just hooping. But uh, there's been dunks. There's a bigger kid that uh, we'll say goes with the, uh, the Barkley body type when he was at Auburn that is just stroking threes on people. Uh, I don't know that I can walk up and say I got next. We'll stick to the radio side. Uh, <laughs> Keep doing what we're doing. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. And uh, we're down here at Longwell's here. Uh, grub, beers, soda, and uh, just a, a wonderful setup. So uh, Longwell's streaming. Uh, state tournament action uh, with New Central Nebraska. They'll have Nebraska-Iowa on a little bit later. I have got the – Damon, I've got the hankering for, for some barbecue here from Longwell's brother. And, and doesn't it feel kind of closer to normal today, not only with the weather, but just with the, the fact people are out milling about 
and it feels like um, it's not quite rear view, but it feels closer to, the, to 2019 than, than what 2020 has been like. Did you get some sunshine today? Yeah, I sure did. And you better save me some of that barbecue or else uh, we're going to have a fit here. But uh, it's <laughs> gorgeous weather outside. I, I'm very much enjoying the, the change of tune we've had this March. No, and, and you know what, Damon, the topic of, of normalcy is what we need to get into. And uh, Bill Moose is, uh, you know, hoping that things can, can be a little bit more normal for spring football and then fall football in 2021. On the show today, we'll talk with Brandon Vogel. Vogues is coming up from Hale Varsity in about 15 minutes. Mitch Sherman, we, we had basketball on Tuesday, so Mitch is going to be with us at 5.05 tonight from The Athletic. Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity. Get his take on state basketball. Jacob's Mr. Basketball. And also his take on uh, the weekend of volleyball. And then Burke's best bets. Daniel kind of outlined some of the Big Ten action tonight. Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, precedes Nebraska, Iowa. What's Danny think? And uh, we'll check in with Deb the Spa Lady. But what's going to happen here this spring with fans and the crowd and and what you've witnessed if you've been around the the rail yard or downtown for state basketball is limited capacity but you you have about 5,000 fans on on each side or so 75 percent capacity is what's been allowed here and and doing games on on Tuesday and and just seeing how responsible folks have been is outstanding right you you've seen folks we've seen folks down here at long wells and in the rail yard and just milling around where you have the mask option but you're also you're outdoors and you're spaced out along the picnic tables as we kind of zoom out for nebraska football listen spring football game's gonna be in may uh the thought is you're gonna have the ability to have people vaccinated around the country by the end of May, so you're about 30 days ahead of that let's get everybody a needle uh, target date, May 31st. But the expectation from Bill Moose uh, is uh, when it comes to the the crowd size, Bill Moose is continuing to push for local control, and that makes a ton of sense. Let the decision be left up to local health officials. And, And Moose, in his comments to Mitch Sherman, very adamant that the people are starved for football. Uh, we're starved for being able to go to games, right? We're starved for being able to watch games in person. How phenomenal would it be to to find your way to Memorial Stadium? Uh, maybe you're you're taking the plunge, and you're you're going to hit championship Saturday down here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, what's it look like with the Big Ten? Well, the Big Ten has said, look, you can have eight thousand people. In Indy for the uh, the men's basketball tournament, we we've moved it. It's going to be a bubble. It's going to be a bubble format for the NCAA tournament. But they have relinquished a little bit of uh, nobody is allowed in to now. You're going to be able to have 8,000 fans for Big Ten basketball, uh, Major League Baseball. This is a, an amazing step forward with the Royals. The Royals today announcing that for the first time in 18 months, fans will once again be welcomed back into Kauffman Stadium. That'll happen April 1st. The Royals are going to host the Texas Rangers. Of course, KFOR, our sister station, is your home for the Royals. That'll be a 3-10 first pitch. The initial plan calls for a pod-style seating 
to accommodate 10,000 fans per game with goals to expend the capacity monthly as the season progresses. But let's, let's just call it what it is. As you have that capacity increase, you're going to have the ability to have the, the vaccination rate increase. So as you progress, you can do so and expand numbers and butts in seats safely and adequate, adequately. And, you know, if I were to put money down, I'm thinking you're going to have, if you're going to have 75% of PBA, which is an indoor setup, uh, you're going to have, uh, I would hope, at, at worst case, 75% of Memorial Stadium full for May 1st. Uh, Oscar baseball gets it going in Round Rock tomorrow. Uh, I want to see people being able to go to Salt Dog Games. I want to see people being able to go check out Husker baseball at uh, at Hawks uh, Field at Haymarket Park. Again, it's outdoors. There's not really been a ruling yet for baseball, even though baseball season starts tomorrow by the Big Ten. So uh, it's it's, it's out there. It's, It's been the seed has been planted, thankfully, and we'll see if local control can get that uh, handled. What's Commissioner Warren going to do for spring football and beyond, and then for fall football for 2021? Uh, what do the council and presidents allow Commissioner Warren to do when it comes to working with uh, some of the, uh, the folks in the league? And quite honestly, if uh, you have uh, a number of folks around the country and around the Big Ten vaccinated, or the ability to be vaccinated and you get into to the, the, the lower demos. I mean, the, the, the student athletes have, have been the ones that have been cautious and, and very disciplined with this most anyway, where they're tested every day, right? That isn't going to continue on, but it's going to trickle down to the general public here where, listen, uh, you have a chance to get vaccinated. That's, that's pretty big. Uh, on to Iowa. Let's get into Nebraska and Iowa as uh, that is the, the ball game tonight. Does Nebraska take uh, a, a third in a row? Iowa comes in ranked number five. So we're, we're talking about a return to normalcy. This was the mayor, Coach Hoiberg, from yesterday. There's three different uh, parts we'll get to in a minute. Let's go to the phones real quick. Uh, Jerry's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Jerry, thanks for hanging on. Hope you weren't waiting long. Go ahead. Actually, it's Gary, Chris. Gary, 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 Jerry, Gary. What's up, brother? Gary, Gary. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm happy. I'm posted up where you're used to be in tournament time here down at Longwells. Oh, man, all the time. Yep. Hey, quick question. Tonight, the, the the last two games have been just outstanding basketball games. Do we do do we suffer tonight because of the lack of a big man? There's not many big men in this world that can can check Garza. Okay, I, I, I agree. So I, we could we could go get Olajuwon. We could go uh, grab Ewing in his prime. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. And Garza's special because the guy the guy is mobile. He's athletic and he has range. It's not just throw it down to him on the block like you're taking on. And Kofi's really good at Illinois, but a different style of player, right, Gary? Where Kofi's, uh, you know, just a straight-up paint worker where Garza's going to be able to take you off the dribble, get you on the block, catch and shoot. So he'll get his, but what's his efficiency like? And the thing I'm going to watch for tonight, Gary, is is Garza going for 25 and 15? How many of those are offensive rebounds? And what's Garza's assist, right? You know how good Iowa is with their spot-up shooters. Is Garza getting the catch, 
kicking it out to the opposite wing, and is there a three that's bombed away uh, or consecutive? You know what I'm saying? That's that's the wave I worry about with Iowa. I think Nebraska's defense has been on point enough, and Nebraska's athletic enough to to, to contest a lot of shots, but it's all going to kind of go through Garza, and uh, what do you get tonight? Uh, I mean, I think Andre's really nice. I don't know that Andre's thick enough to handle Garza, you know. Uh, that That's an issue. I think Walker's playing really good ball. And I'm anxious to see how Walker uh, goes, to, goes to work tonight. What's the foul trouble look like? But uh, it's not just rebounds and points for Garza. What's he do from a distribution standpoint, that first pass or that pass before the extra pass where Iowa's going to kill you with a corner three? Yeah, I, that's the whole thing. If we can keep Walker out of foul trouble, we, we might have a shot at it. But no, that's absolutely. Hard, that's hard to do. I mean, Garza's an animal, let's face it. He's incredible. He's an incredible yeah. ball player, and it'll be fun to see where Nebraska's at, and you know the effort's going to be there. Gary, you got your uh, your baseball uh, score sheet ready? Oh, man. I am so – I'm just hoping the Big Ten does does the right thing and allow people to go. Yeah, that's that needs to happen. If it's open for, for a little bit of basketball, and see if they move it into – to baseball here before uh, too long. Gary, thanks for the phone call, brother. See you, Chris. Yep. All right. Good to hear from Gary. You can dial us up at 466-377-6800-825-5865. Let's get into some basketball and some good questions by Gary. This is kind of reflecting as we were talking about normalcy. And and Fred, remembering a year ago, we're talking uh, a year to date coming up on Tuesday and, and Fred Hoiberg remembered just the, how surreal last season was. And it, it all kind of came to a head with this pandemic, with having to shut down, having to sift through, and just how, um, how, how crazy uh, the last part of spring was. Here's cut one from the mayor. That was one of the crazier days, certainly, that I've had in, in, uh, in my life. And, you know, with everything that, that went on, it was just kind of a surreal day. And I felt great the night before, you know, I had a meal with our guys and woke up. I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't feeling awful. It was just kind of that time of year. And that's what I thought was going on. You get run down after uh, the long season, the grind, and you just try to want to do everything you can to finish on a high note with your team. And that was my focus and went over there, had a shoot around. And then as the day went on, uh, you know, I, I again, I got a little nap, a little rest, as I generally do on a day of a game, especially when you play late. I think we had the 8.30 game that night. And when I got over to the arena, I talked to RJ, our trainer, and said, uh, you know, I'm not feeling 100%. You know, and, and again, uh, the smart thing, what we, what we did was to go see the on-site doctor that the Big Ten uh, hired. And this was right kind of in the beginning stages, if you remember, of everything that was going on, I think. You know, 30 people maybe had died at that time from the coronavirus. And, you know, it's just really starting to pick up steam as far as what this thing potentially could be all about. That was Fred Hoiberg remembering uh, a year ago as Nebraska was sent to take on Indiana. Uh, it's, it's as simple as this. And we'll get Jacob Padilla's take on Nebraska-Iowa tonight. Nebraska beat Iowa last season. And how did they do that in Lincoln? Well, Iowa shot like four for for 25 from three-point land in Lincoln last year. Actually, it was four for 33, all right? So Nebraska's game plan last season at PBA, make everyone else whack you, 
and and kind of keep Garza in check. He had 16 and 18. Well, Garza went off in Iowa City, but Joe Wieskamp had his career high. Iowa shot 50% from the floor. They hit 11 threes. That's just it, is, is can you execute the strategy and hope Iowa has an off night uh, a little bit thanks to your defense? That's uh, my key question here. Uh, real quick, uh, some thoughts on Iowa from Hoiberg Cut 4 right now. It's a scary, scary team, especially the way they're playing right now. And you look at their shooting percentages over the last five games. Uh, you know, last year we played off a couple guys. Uh, you know, we had short closeouts to a couple guys. And when we won the game at Nebraska, you know, a lot of it, they, they missed shots that they, that they normally make. And they made those shots in Iowa City and they, and they pounded us. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things when you got the best post presence in the game, uh, you know, it's not even close. You know, how do you guard them? Good stuff from Hoiberg. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel. We're down here at Longwells ahead of State Basketball, Nebraska-Iowa, Tale Varsity Radio, Roadshow Thursday. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here at Longwell's Roadshow ahead of State Basketball. Uh, what a great scene and setting right now. And folks uh, getting ready for the evening sessions at PBA. And there's still uh, some guys doing their best Brandon Vogel impersonation out here in the rail yard attacking the rim. Uh, I, I think that's an eight and a half foot hoop, Damon. I'm pretty sure uh, during the commercial break, I'm going to have to go see if I can at least still get net on the eight or eight and a half footer. Uh, just a, an amazing setup. We're talking about a return to normalcy here. Folks out and about milling. Still masked and safe, obviously, but it feels better. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. You find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Get his book with John Cook. Dream like a champion. Vogues, what do you know, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm out of studio. <laughs> I'm back on the road doing live shows and uh you know how bar rooms are set up down here in the rail yard man everyone's got those garage doors you can open up so it's well it's kind of like a convertible so even though we're inside uh we're, we're kind of still outside i mean it, it, it's it's wonderful so dan tweeted in and maybe you can answer this i had to throw out a tony soprano gif uh the, the scene where he's going to go visit his mother when he's got the pillow and pillowcase in hand. Uh, we remember that uh, towards the end of season one. But uh, Dan was asking, you know, why can the Big Ten have 8,000 people inside for basketball but won't allow outdoor baseball for a couple of months? Vogues, do you have an answer? With I just said the Big Ten hates baseball. Maybe they don't get it. Maybe they only get there's three outs, three strikes, and uh, you don't talk to a pitcher with, with, with a no-hitter going on despite Michigan going to the – the College World Series championship round. I, I don't know. What, what's your take on this uh, this attendance question that's out there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know of a compelling reason other than it's easier to just say no and err on the side <laughs> of caution and, and figure out how it's going to work. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, 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 it would be interesting. Like, what's the – What's the market for a Nebraska, well, for Nebraska-Purdue games in Ground Rock, Texas? And, I mean, it might be better than you'd expect because I know there's a ton of Husker fans down there, particularly 
uh, in that in the Texas area. So if you open that up and allow fans to attend, like maybe maybe you get a good turnout. I, I just don't know at this point. But if you know if things continue on the path they're on, you would hope, particularly being outside. Well, I mean, I know Nebraska Omaha is opening a brand new facility mm-hmm. and it's doing it on a very limited basis. But there will be a limited number of fans allowed for them to open that new facility. So. Again, this one seems like I'm I'm all for erring on the side of caution, but this one, uh, there certainly seems to be a split there between what is viewed as a realistic revenue opportunity, which would include both Big Ten basketball tournaments and something like baseball, where attendance might be more limited. Here's the other part of it, too. Brandon Vogel's with us. You've already got the NCAA that's come out and said, yes, we're going to allow fans for the NCAA tournament. It's a bubble setting. The NCAA's not really come out and, and said anything or taken the lead for baseball. I assume we'll have butts in seats at TD Ameritrade for the CWS. Uh, but but the NCAA's already spoken first with basketball, so maybe it's easier for the Big Ten to follow suit. But there's just flat out an ignorance it feels like with baseball and it's uh, it's frustrating because they have a squad that's really good in Michigan and we all think Nebraska can get back to being uh, a threat uh, on the diamond with with Will Bolt. Bogues I want to switch gears and, and talk a little football and uh, get your feel for for spring back to the capacity question here and is it safe to feel that at worst we'll, we'll maybe be able to get here by May 1st, uh, a pretty healthy number for a spring game uh, to stick with the attendance discussion? Yeah, I would be a little bit more surprised by by that. I mean, it seems like, well, for me personally, given what we've seen on the Big Ten baseball front, and, okay, we're slowly kind of opening these things back up for, for things like basketball tournaments, et cetera. Like, <clears throat> spring football seems to be, while it would be ideal for, for Nebraska, and I'm sure for some other places, to to be able to open things up and let some fans back in. Like, the, the real goal here is is fall, which might seem far away. You know, it was barely – less than a year ago that we were all kind of going through this thing real time, right? Where mm-hmm. basketball tournaments are, are falling by the wayside and getting postponed and then canceled. And at that point, you know, before any of us knew all that much about what your head was going to hold, it was like, Oh, well, surely by spring thing will be, things will be cleared up when they weren't for this past spring. I think it makes me a little bit extra cautious um, for this one, the, t- sp- or the fall of 2021, to be like, hey, if, if, if you've got to go another spring with, with limited attendance, perhaps no attendance, that's probably better because, I don't know, my personal thinking is the goal then is hopefully with, with increased vaccination, with continued developments on, on that front, by next fall, you should be pretty close to capacity. So, if that means going another spring without without full capacity, um, I think you got to be willing to do that. That said, I would be surprised if it's there's there's no fans uh, possible at all. You're right on. Take the bullet this spring, or be cautious uh, so you don't ruin it for fall with with maybe 
a true back to normal, hopefully once everyone has uh, vaccines. Uh, Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's going to go to basketball. And uh, what's your gut say tonight? I'm not asking for a prediction or a cover or even a score, but all three of those would be cool. Yeah. But uh, what can Nebraska do? Do they keep riding momentum and, and stay competitive? Or do you think Iowa's kind of entered this this ramp-up realm where, all right, you saw how amazing they looked against Ohio State. They are ready to kind of hit on all cylinders here, getting into Big Ten tournament and beyond. Uh, what do you think in, in, in uh, Iowa City tonight? Yeah, I really, I really appreciated Hoiberg's kind of <laughs> honesty on that. You know, this week he said, to paraphrase, like, look, we beat those guys in Lincoln a year ago because they didn't shoot well. <laughs> um, and with a team like Iowa where <clears throat> they are so accomplished offensively, uh, where their offensive efficiency is at such a elite level, you, you kind of got to hope for that. And I think I think Nebraska can come in with a with a pretty solid game plan. Uh, we know Doc does a great job on that in terms of kind of setting up the chessboard for like, okay, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to try and execute this. Then it's up to the players to do it. And even sometimes, you know, with a team that's as talented and as accomplished as this particular Iowa squad is, sometimes even that's not enough. So I expect Nebraska to continue to, to play well. Uh, I, I do expect that trend to continue, and I also expect it to probably not be enough at the end. But if, if you do happen to, to get a night where the shots aren't going down at quite the clip that I would expect them to based on what they've done this season, maybe you can hang around in that thing until the last two, three, four minutes. Um, I guess the the big takeaway for me uh, is over these past couple of games is that you've seen that with with the ball movement and, and sort of the shot selection that Nebraska has gotten the past two games that hey this thing can look pretty competent and even good at times so if Nebraska comes out and is able to do that in stretches I I, I will take that as a win this late in the season for a program that's gone through what they've gone through over the past well two months, really, uh, since the start of the year. Vogues, I'm pretty anxious to see uh, Trey, uh, as he's been more on ball, his comfort yep. level's there. You know, and, and Trey's done a great job of, of changing. And what I mean by that is Trey's a guy that, that is just, he is so excited to, to get guys involved. You rewind three weeks, and it's, Okay, this kid's got insane athleticism, but he's going one on four, man. Uh, you know, at, at the rim, and there were some tough shots. But what I saw against Rutgers with him distributing, Banton getting comfortable off ball, but still able to, to isolate, and then Lat's efficiency. I love this offense. Obviously, it looks great when it's clicking, but I really love this offense. And, and Bogues, I think the buy in's pretty high right now. I think it is, too, and I think you, you bring up a good example. You know, Trey is somebody who I think benefits from the constraints this offense is designed to have. And, and, it, and it's hard to stick to those when things aren't going well, um, you know, when you're struggling to make shots, like we've talked before, like the quality of the shots that Nebraska is getting, I think, is, is where they would like it to be. It's just a matter of knocking them down. And, and when those shots aren't going down, it becomes a little bit easier to feel 
I've got to make something happen. I've, I've got to, you know, go one on four to the rim because we really need a bucket right now. And like everyone understands that impulse. Everybody who's, who's played a game of basketball has probably felt it to, to a degree. The interesting thing about the past two games for Nebraska is that things have worked early on. Like you've kind of seen the value. Well, really every game, I think that Nebraska has played quote unquote well in this year. You've seen that success early where they're like, they're sharing the ball. They're getting those backdoor cuts. Um, they're moving without the ball and you're getting some easy baskets out of that, they tend to feed off of that. Um, and I think kind of avoiding that that sort of panic mode where you're like, we really need a bucket, I'm going to go make something happen, and that's for any individual player, is really kind of key to, to what they want to do. Brandon Vogel's with us, Hale Varsity, Don Common Magazine, uh, managing editor. Uh, we are talking uh, hoops, we're talking football, we're talking crowds. Vogue's about 30 seconds, uh, state tournament action. Uh, back in the day, it was Devaney Center. Now it's PBA. And did uh, we'll dive more into the, uh, the annals of, of Vogue's and state tournament time. But uh, have you been following this from a distance at all? Are you, are you pretty geeked up? It's really been cool to, to watch the girls this week. Yeah, I've been I've been following it via Jacob Jacob Padilla, who's who's there all all this week, and uh, you couldn't keep him away, you know, next week. Uh, so so he'll be there for that again. Uh, yeah, the the annals of my history with state tournament are sadly sadly quite short in that I went to about seven or eight of them in a row, uh, never participated in any of them. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great event. I used to, to cherish those, those trips to Lincoln, which made, made it even uh, more, I guess, bittersweet when uh, we, we, never had, we never had business in Lincoln when I was uh, playing basketball, only spectating, but still a ton of fun, and I remember those days fondly. That's awesome. Business in Lincoln. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, thanks a lot. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. We're here at uh, Longwell's here. Roadshow Thursday ahead of girls' state basketball. Lots of tournament action throughout the day and into the evening. Nebraska-Iowa tip-off at 8 tonight will be Hanging out for some Nebraska-Iowa, Michigan-Michigan State. Before that, uh, Damon Barr back at the studio. Chris Schmidt here at Longwell's in the rail yard. The garage doors are open. The sun is shining. There are 76-plus uh, uh, beer choices for you. There are burgers. There's ribs. There's salad. Damon, there's, there's, there's some salad. They're, they're Cobb salad's phenomenal. As some of us try and, and squeeze back into... I don't know, spring clothing. There's uh, some high school kids hooping right now. And uh, there's some dunking going on that's nice. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic coming up here in about 20 minutes. Jacob Padilla will be with us from Hale Varsity. Uh, Burke's best bets. We may have a Doug Duda sighting from uh, ESPN Superstation Central Nebraska. So a couple of news and notes from the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back. And Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back in Pittsburgh. He went from $19 million to $14 million. He's reconfigured his contract. 
I think this is year 17 or 18 for Big Ben. He is very durable. Uh, Doug, Doug, wow, Doug Duda's there. Uh, it's not quite a Pittsburgh mask, but, you know, Big Ben is, uh, is back. We'll see what happens. They, Pittsburgh's a, a shell of what they were with AB a, and, 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 and uh, Le'Veon. But they're still, a, you know, a, a, an 8, 9, 10 win team. Uh, and, and Ben knew that, listen, uh, it, it was a situation where I've got to take a pay cut. We've got to get some more weapons. And uh, this could be my last rodeo. I think Ben's 39 or 38. So I guess you, you, you bite the bullet and do it if you're Pittsburgh. My biggest question is this. What does John Gruden do? When it comes to Russell Wilson, Seattle is taking phone calls to move Russell. Russell's thrown a fit. Russell's thrown a fit on Dan Patrick. Russell's pissed off his offensive line. Russell and Pete Carroll are playing a game of chicken right now. And I love Pete, but Pete lost the battle a few years ago when the Legion of Boom, all those third through sixth round draft picks that were an incredible 11-man front, uh, did not get re-signed, right? You've got Wagner that's left from the Legion of Boom era. Everyone else is retired or moved on. Uh, Cam, right, uh, when you think about it, when you think about Richard Sherman, I know Richard's getting older, but the, the long and short of it is, is, is Seattle had third-round quarterback win a Super Bowl. They paid third-round quarterback, and they didn't invest in the defense, and guys went elsewhere. Collectively, they were special individually they weren't bad but think of a think of a solo artist that was decent and maybe had a hit or two uh versus staying with the super group uh, right now russell's made enough noise there's enough waves that he could get out of town do you pull the trigger do you make that move if you're vegas john gruden uh has won before they weren't far off last year. You've got Jacobs. You've got Ruggs. You've got an insane tight end you found that's rehabilitated his life that's cranked out 11 touchdowns for you. If you're Vegas, do you trade Carr to Seattle and, and load up on some more picks to get Russell? Russell's 32 or 33 years old. I think he's still got a lot of miles on him. I don't even blink. I absolutely do that deal. But if you're, if you're Vegas, you still have Carr, who's way more than serviceable, right? You're just chasing Kansas City right now. Uh, you're chasing Buffalo right now. You're probably chasing Indy, honestly, when, when they get Carson Wentz or they were a playoff team with Phillip last year. So there's room for you to be a playoff team. Is Russell the guy that puts you over the top with those weapons? You got a run game. You got a good offensive line. Your defense faded. Uh, a little bit last season, but you've loaded up. I, I would do that in a heartbeat if you can talk Seattle into taking Carr and they don't rob you for 400 picks. I do that in a second. It's a massive upgrade. I understand Derek Carr's gone 11 and 5. I understand Derek Carr's taking you to the playoffs, but you've just got an apples and oranges option right now uh, with with quarterback ability. You've got a guy who's gone to the Super Bowl twice, won a Super Bowl. And in, in fairness to Russell, despite his sack numbers, Russell's been a guy that's that's not missed any games. Russell's been a guy that's played with uh, a really suspect offensive line, quite honestly, a lot of his career. 
and we're a lot of years removed from from the beast mode running game support. Uh, and and Russell's had to do a lot of things on his own uh, because of Seattle's run game and injury situation at running back. Now you, you've got Metcalf and you've got some really good receivers uh, in Seattle that that's helped make Russell look pretty high level. But it's not even a, a discussion point in my humble opinion. If you can pull that trigger, you do it. I, I just don't get honestly the. The, the take that, well, you've got your quarterback in car. Are you going to – who are you more likely to win with? Who are you more likely to go deeper into the playoffs with? And, and quite not, quite honestly, Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Carr, and you add him to that roster. Now, from a from a chemistry standpoint, you know, how damaged is Russell right now with his personality and persona? Is, is he a guy that can fit into the clubhouse – uh, you would think, is he a guy that, that the guys want to play with and play for? Uh, that's really the that's the roadblock to me is what's Carr standing in that locker room. And, and to a man, it sounds like guys love him, right? I mean, they, they, they like Carr. Uh, I, I think there's uh, that reality of it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here from a uh, – a quarterback standpoint. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Do you trade Carr for Russell? I'd love to see Russell in Vegas. And listen, Carr's got a couple, three years left. Uh, At at, at worst, Russell's probably got three or four more years. We're going to bring on uh, our our resident uh, NFL guy, actually, uh, Hall of Fame High School broadcast. Doug Duda's with us. ESPN 1460, 1550, Carney Hastings, Grand Island. Mr. Doug, are you hearing me? What's up, man? Hey, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. Happy Lincoln. I mean, I get down here and the weather turns nice. Uh, well, you brought it with you. No. You brought it with you. and Not a chance. Uh, we were talking about normalcy and how today and this week's felt closer to 2019 than, than obviously what we all went through in 2020 with games but it's so good to see folks hooping out in the rail yard having a cocktail here at Longwell's. it's fun to be back on the road <laughs> i got to get your take on on the uh, the russell wilson uh car situation what do you do with that okay say that one more time wilson and car oh i listened to the whole wilson thing this morning just they're going to end up where they're at you think they'll you just think? stay don't you think they'll 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 speed date for a little bit and it's then a lot just, of yapping, yeah. a lot of yapping. They're Feeling both good out. quarterbacks, unless Seattle doesn't think that they, unless Wilson doesn't think they can win right now at Seattle. I think he's I think he's ticked off the entire clubhouse, so I think you got to move him. Well, and then he, you'd talk about the four teams he wants to move to: Saints, who, who, Bears, who, Seattle. Can they win? I I, I, I think, think they can all win. I think I think, I think Vegas, guys, Vegas can absolutely win. <laughs> I think so. Well, famous last words. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wind it down. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Roadshow Thursday. We're here at Longwell's ahead of state uh, girls basketball action. And uh, also uh, Nebraska-Iowa. Excited for that tonight on BTN. Oscar baseball gets rolling tomorrow. Uh, we'll check in with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. His sit down with the Moose. It's Bill Moose uh, really hoping to get uh, some folks in the seats for the spring game. But the bigger picture, absolutely, 
this fall 2021. A reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, Our old friend Jimbo emailed this to me. When it comes to fan bases in Major League Baseball that drink the most, drum roll please, the baseball team fan base that drinks the most is the Chicago White Sox. Do you know somebody who's lived on the south side? Are you from the south side? God bless you if you are. And if you are, you may be angry from time to time. What makes you feel better? Give me a cocktail. The uh, average drink per sitting for White Sox fan, 4.2 drinks. I have not been to a uh, White Sox game in forever. We're talking like 30 years, the Frank Thomas era. And even then, it was always, let's go uh, stake out the Adams mark and then go watch in Kansas City. Uh, Atlanta is second with uh, four drinks. That's uh, Cranach's team, so you do your math on that. Uh, four drinks, uh, 4.2 drinks per fan. Uh, Cincinnati comes in at three. Cleveland, four. How about the old Padres? San Diego comes in at five. This blows me away, Damon. I look at, at the, the fan base that drinks the least. I would put them up there in the top five. Philly fan. Philly fan only averages about 2.4 drinks a contest. Uh, we got to recrunch these numbers, I'm thinking. Don't we? I mean, if you're a Philly fan, I guess the only thing keeping me out of the beer line in Philly is the, the fear of getting shipped or tire ironed or something because Philly, you want to talk about angry Southsiders, uh, there's a lot of angry folks in Philly. Uh, Oakland is second uh, to last. San Fran's there. I can see uh, a, a, a stellar run of me 1750 at, at, at the old San Francisco ballpark. The Dodgers uh, uh, round out uh, kind of the, the lower five. And for, for Bush Stadium being what it is, Cardinal fans don't drink that much. I don't believe that. The Cubs are kind of middle of the pack. Um, I'm not su- surprised that there's a high potential of White Sox fans being drunk or drunks. Atlanta fans, it's hot and sultry in, in hot Atlanta, so uh, pour me a, a, a drink. But I would think Philly fans would be top three, not not last in the league. We shall see. Uh, it's it's last time. When's the last time you got bombed at a, a, a pro sporting event and you didn't sneak in Grandpa's flask? Right. Well, it had to run you like eighty bucks, didn't it? It's it's, it's pretty pricey. It's uh, definitely a lot of pre gaming involved when you go to oh, the ballpark. Oh sweet! I will take the uh, the Bushlight Tall Boy for thirteen fifty. Thank you. Mitch Sherman's coming up. Hail Varsity Hour 2. We're down here at Longwell's Roadshow. Thursday ahead of Girls State Basketball in Nebraska, Iowa. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to an hour two at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are down here in the rail yard at Longwells. Man, it feels like 
Well, it feels kind of like normal here with state basketball going on. Fun uh, crowd, amazing weather. And uh, we are getting ready for uh, some Big Ten basketball tonight as well with Nebraska and Iowa. You can join us down here at Longwell's. The garage doors are open. I love these. It's almost like a convertible where you can be inside, but it feels like you're outside. There's still a, a wicked game of 21 going on in front of the cube. Somebody just caught an elbow, but there wasn't that much blood, so you, you can't really whistle a foul. Uh, numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Hale Varsity at Schmidt underscore radio, at Damon Barr, that's two R's. Let's welcome in with the athletic Mitch Sherman, and I think I heard a, uh, a, a joyous cheer from Mitch Sherman once the, the Royals news came out earlier today about fan capacity. Mitch, how are we doing? Thanks for the time. I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, a little envious of you sitting there outside of the state basketball tournament. been a while since I've been in the rail yard with people around, but hopefully the day that I can return is uh, around you are uh, always welcome to uh, to return with us, my friend. And it's really cool. I mean, it, it's not elbow to elbow like we're used to, but you know what? This is a, a more normal feeling, Mitch. And, uh, you know, the, the Royals are going to have uh, fans. You're going to have 8,000 fans for basketball for the Big Ten tournament. We're still waiting on baseball. Uh, I know you sat down with uh, Bill Moose, and let's start there. Uh, Mitch, what, what's your, your takeaway with uh, your, your chat with, with Bill Moose? Uh, really nice story, and thanks for, for uh, putting that out there with kind of where, where Bill's at. But he seems pretty optimistic. He seems pretty, pretty positive right now as things move forward. Yeah, I mean, any opportunity you get to talk to Bill Moose, one of the things that he'll tell you is that he's an optimist. So that's to be expected, and right now there's more reason for optimism, I would say, than there has been at just about any point in the past year, maybe any point in the past year. Um, you know, clearly there are hurdles yet to clear, and I had a story the previous day, yesterday, out on The Athletic, an interview with James Lawler, um, one of the top doctors at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, about when it's appropriate for fans to come back completely to our sports stadiums and and arenas. And, you know, he took a bit of a different approach than what you've heard and what you've seen around the country. Um, For sure, wants to be cautious and wants people to be aware that this thing is not over. But um, Bill Moose is looking forward to the day, absolutely, when Nebraska fans are back at venues in Lincoln. And I talked to Bill before the news came out about the Big Ten tournament next week, but I'm sure and I know, and we chatted a bit about this topic when Bill and I talked on Tuesday, that he's pleased that tickets are going to be available for 8,000 fans at the games this week, next week in Indy um, and in Rosemont for the women's tournament. And he's hopeful that this is then a sign or some way to allow for fans to show up in Lincoln, whether it's for baseball and softball 
this spring or indoors at the Devaney Center with what's left on the schedule with volleyball, even at the NCAA volleyball tournament in Omaha, um, it will be nice for Nebraska to have the backing that I'm sure the Huskers and John Cook will. And that's already been determined that fans will be at that event. Nothing, of course, yet is set in Lincoln. You would certainly hope um, with the numbers that are allowed inside in Indy next week that it can be done safely and responsible, responsibly at Haymarket Park in the very near future. Mitch Sherman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what, what's your feel and, and gut say about spring football? And, and me and Brandon Vogel were talking last hour where you don't want to jeopardize or risk anything for, for spring and, and ruin or have a, some sort of catastrophe for, for fall numbers here. But what's... What's a feel you have here? What's what's a number you could think about with Memorial Stadium for May? I know that's mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. month ahead of yeah. the projected uh, ability to get everybody vaccinated uh, by the end of May per the president. But but overall, what what's what's a what's a fair estimate for for what Nebraska could see for for spring football? What's what's responsible, but what's also a trend toward normalcy? Well, it's going to depend what kind of the condition we're in, both as a community and as a state and as a country. And if there's a surge of cases in March and into April, then I'm sure that's going to affect the decisions that are made about spring practice. You know, there's a couple of hurdles, and one is that this thing officially has to be in the hands of the local government. I mean, I suppose the Big Ten could rule that, um, you know, 50% is allowed. More, more than likely, it seems, and, and, and Bill Moose was – feeling confident about the fact that the Big Ten is, or the likelihood that the Big Ten is not going to uh, get involved in that. As he said, we're not playing Michigan State the next week, so there's not a, um, a matter of intra-conference safety. But there is still the safety of your, uh, of your players who are, who are Big Ten players and your, and your staff and, and your coaches. It would seem um, that they're trending toward a decision being made locally, um, you know, where Lincoln and Lancaster County, the health department, is at with that as we get closer to May 1st. I'm not sure. I don't know, obviously, um, if if things stay somewhat where they're at now with numbers and we continue to vaccinate people. Maybe we get to 50%. You know, I, I don't really think it's going to be more than that. Okay. That would be a lot of people for, for what we're, you know, what we've been doing for the past year. I mean, if you put 40,000 in Memorial Stadium right now, I think people would be pretty excited about that. Um, and I don't know how comfortable everyone would be with it going above that right now. In September, yeah. In September, I mean, you aim, like Ted Carter said, you aim to be at full capacity. and Everyone should be vaccinated at that point. But that won't be the case on May 1st. So I, 50% is a lot of people. And if they can get there, I, I, you know, building – Bill didn't give me a number. He didn't tell me something he's aiming for. He just said as many people as we can, as we're allowed to, we're going to do. Um, but uh, I think he'd be happy with that if, if um, you know, if, it's, if, it, if it seems to be the right thing to do. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Mitch with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Uh, be sure to read his uh, sit-down with Bill Moose on uh, kind of getting back into the flow of things. Mitch, uh, let's go to Nebraska basketball. A big one in Iowa City tonight. Uh, of course, uh, the Hawkeyes knocking on that uh, 
high seeding door. I don't know that they're a one seed. I, I think they're good enough to be a two seed. Maybe they're sitting at a three. I mean, there's still some ball to play. Illinois and, and Ohio State and Michigan are heavy hitters as well. With Nebraska tonight, what do you get from the Big Red? Do you get more space and pace? Do you get uh, a, a, a defensive effort reminiscent, reminiscent of last year's uh, upset over Iowa or is Iowa trending the, the direction where it doesn't matter who's trying to guard them, they're just going to light you up. What do you feel about the, the road game tonight? Well, you've you got to contain Garza mm-hmm. and Nebraska has more bodies to be able to do that than it did a year ago. It didn't have Eduardo Andre or Derek Walker a year ago and managed to, uh, to pull something out. Uh, but I... You know, it's a tough it's a tough ask for Nebraska for sure tonight with all of the fatigue that you've got going on with this team. Um, you know, fortunately, Fred Hoiberg and company, they've played well of late, so I think they're going to take some confidence from that Rutgers game and the Minnesota game and, and take it into Iowa City, but I don't, I don't expect that that's going to be enough to, uh, to beat Iowa. Um, and, and really, that would be great. I mean, it would be a, a landmark win if you can do something like that here at the end of this year and beat a team that's a top-10 team. But um, the, the, the important thing for Nebraska is just to continue to keep showing progress so when it gets into the offseason, it has something real and tangible and extended to build on with this team. One, to help keep that roster together and have people feeling good about it and, and, and have momentum with your recruiting class as you look toward that 2022 group. Um, and, and, and then as you add the players who were signed in November during this offseason, um, you, can, you can take some of what Nebraska has started to do and, and, then, and then build on that here night and in these last few games. Um, and I, I really think that, that this is the kind of a – the program is in a place right now where it just needs that positive energy. You know, sometimes – there's more made out of that, carrying one season over to the other than I than I think is 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 reality. You know, like how much does the bowl game carry over to the next year? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. The basketball team right now and what they're doing, I do think it's important not just for the 21-22 team, but also for energy and momentum they need to have this off season so they can continue to build the roster for the future. Mitch, I uh, want to switch gears and, and get your thought and uh, remembrance on on Andy Hoffman uh, and uh, just uh, how you view his contributions to to the to the world to the fight against cancer. Team Jack, uh, just sad, sad news earlier this week. Yeah, obviously tragic. Um, not just what happened. I mean, what happened this week is horrible his death but just everything that he has had to endure since his diagnosis in july it it, uh, is not fair that (laughs) this is this is the person who uh contracted uh this disease after um you know what he's what he's uh done to to help fight it and, and bring awareness and research dollars um you know his his legacy is is set in stone. Um, I, 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 everybody, 
everybody in, in the, the media and I think in, in the athletics world around Nebraska got to, to, to meet Andy and talk to Andy. And, and I don't know that we necessarily all do that until he got sick because it, 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 but it all, it all then came out and just, just the respect that people had for him and the way that he dealt with people and the, and the positive, the positivity that he had despite the circumstances that he was dealt because of Jack's illness. So I went to a couple, maybe three of the team Jack foundation dinners and just always found him to be so engaging and helpful um, with what I was doing as you know, he was in the middle of their biggest event of the year. So um, just a passionate guy. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was amazing in, in playing the hand that he was dealt, which was not a good one over these last several years. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic, Hale Varsity Radio, his thoughts on Andy Hoffman. Mitch, to close, uh, back to, to one of your passions, that's uh, Royals baseball. Are you, uh, are you eyeing any potential uh, roadies down, down to Kansas City with the news you got? Well, yeah, I'd love to go. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll uh, start looking at the schedule. I haven't planned anything out yet. Um, we'll hope that they get off to a non-royal-like start and are, uh, you know, treading water and, and can, can take this team and, and be in contention uh, for, for some or a good chunk of this year. Um, I, you know, I'll take whatever they give us. Because just being back in the stadium, it's been probably the longest I've gone without being in Kauffman Stadium in uh, like 30 years or longer. <laughs> so I'll just be happy to sit in there and watch some baseball when that time comes, hopefully you know, in the early part of the season. But, um, yeah, great news, good news for, for um, Royals fans to have the opportunity to buy tickets. And I uh, can't wait to, to get there whenever that is. Royals uh, finding a way to the postseason, Mitch. I mean, are we going to call our shot this early? Uh, yeah, put me down for a wild card. Okay, Mitch Sherman, and I've got my my pen out here. Says wild card, Royals. Because Book. if I'm wrong, there is absolutely no ramification. That we will just burn the tape Nixon style. It's okay. Mitch Sherman with us. Mitch, you take care, bud. Thanks for the time. Great stuff with Mil- Bill Moose, and appreciate your time today. All right, thanks, Chris. Take care. All right. There he is, Mitch Sherman, with us on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll uh, spend a few more minutes uh, on some volleyball and basketball with Jacob Padilla. Get Jacob's take on state basketball. Burke's best bets. I am so sad. So the good news is, is Deb the Spa Lady is out at dinner at the lake. The, the bad news is, Deb the Spa Lady is out at the lake having dinner and and we've got to we got to reschedule her i've got to angle deb getting watch her swim spots down here in the rail yard so we can just kind of do a damon would you be uh down for judging a wet t-shirt type deal uh i mean uh we'll have to uh make some arrangement first but uh yeah definitely we'll see about that one i mean i've got a lot of white t-shirts damon so i'm saying depends on who's in it yeah <laughs> We'll say hi to Jacob Bedella next. We're down here at Longwell's Roadshow. 
Friday ahead of Girls State. Uh, Thursday action tonight. Nebraska, Iowa. Great to be with you uh, on a roadie here at Longwells with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Longwell's Roadshow Thursday, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, and Doug Duda signing as he's down here at Longwell's. It's great to, to be out. And again, that theme of normalcy here where you got friends and family and people out in the rail yard. And Doug's pointing at Coors Light. You have Coors Light that's cold and crisp. And I'm thinking about a, a giant slab of ribs. Uh, for sure, but uh, Nebraska, Iowa tonight. Also, you have Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, you have more high school action. We welcome in uh, Hoops Insider uh, Jacob Padilla with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. And Jacob Padilla underscores where you find him. Jacob, how's your day, man? Thanks for the time. Uh, doing pretty well. I uh, <laughs> kind of slept through an alarm this morning and just decided to uh, kind of rest and recuperate today after a um, couple of days of state uh, tournament coverage. Absolutely. Well, good for you. And you've been, been all over it. And you'll have incredible uh, insight here for Girls Championship Saturday and some of the semis, com. Also, you'll be all over Nebraska basketball, Husker volleyball. So, uh, you are. Uh, we're going to ice your your fingers when uh, this weekend's done, and you'll no doubt move right into to, to men's action and boys' action next week. Jacob, uh, I want to start off. You are uh, very knowledgeable not only about Nebraska athletics, but you know, and are locked into to college basketball as a whole. I want to start out with Coach uh, McDermott and, and his week, and just kind of get your gauge on the situation. I know things didn't go well for Creighton on the court against Villanova. Uh, and, you know, a 12-point loss on the road to Nova is nothing to shake uh, your head at. But just overall, what's your your feel and what's your view on the situation moving forward with Creighton, with, with Coach, and, and the kids? Yeah, it's, it's just disappointing and confusing um, are kind of the words that came to mind for me as a Creighton alum and Creighton fan um, who's been – obviously following this team closely and um, have uh, I've known Greg McDermott for a long time. Um, uh, it's, I, it, it's just, like I said, disappointing and confusing. I don't know what, where this came from. Um, I feel bad for the players at this point, just kind of what this, this season was all about um, and kind of what the driving force was for them um, and to have this um, happen so late in the season. Um, I just hope those guys are able to find some peace. And obviously, we saw it didn't go well in that game. And I honestly, I have no idea how much, if at all, um, if they've practiced um, the last few days. Like, what exactly has been going on? What kind of preparation did they even do for this game? Um, that, that, that's kind of a tough thing that's happened. And news came out, and then suddenly you're you got to get ready and go play. And, uh, against the best team on your schedule uh, in their own building. And you can see just there was, there was a layup line early on for going over, creating just all out of sorts, couldn't get shots to fall. And, um, credit to those guys in the second half, though. Um, that 17-0 run was really impressive to, to, to fall behind by 22, but keep battling uh, and keep doing it together. Um, I think that's something that you can um, 
take something away from them just in terms of where those guys are at um, and kind of how they're feeling about the basketball side of things at least. But there's still so much that um, has to happen and uh, I have no idea where they go from here, what the next steps are for anybody involved. We still haven't heard a whole lot beyond um, kind of the statements to this point. Uh, so it's it's just a really confusing and disappointing time. Jacob Medilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. His reaction to Coach McDermott's weak comments re- and, and then Coach McDermott's apology and whether the team will, will move forward and accept that after the racially insensitive comments to the men's basketball team. Jacob, let's go to Iowa City here. And uh, from a game plan standpoint here, draw up what, what needs to happen for, for Nebraska basketball to, to stay competitive tonight. And overall, where's Iowa at, in your opinion, with the, the Jacob Padilla power rankings? Where do, the, where do you put them uh, within the, the scope of this conference race uh, with, a re- with a really loaded league? Yeah, and I, I haven't been as high on Iowa as most people have been, even since the start of the season. I just um, It was hard for me to just trust them just because of how bad they were on defense um, and how little reason there was to believe that that would change. It's basically, it's basically the same personnel as last year, and even now they lost Jack Nungy for the season, so it, it's really close to what they had last year, um, plus a somewhat healthy Jordan Bohannon, and he's obviously not making a – difference on defense so um that being said they have apparently figured some things out uh defensively over the last handful of games um one two three four five six seven uh six of the last seven games teams have failed to crack 70 points against them um the only one that did was michigan uh who obviously they handled them in Mm -hmm. in a big showcase game but then uh iowa turned around and bounced right back and handled Ohio State uh, in another big game uh, and kind of basically the same way that Michigan handled them. So um, I was playing really good basketball right now, and they're, they're a little bit tougher on defense than they have been, and obviously they're still uh, a monster on offense with guards inside, Wieskamp and all those other shooters out on the perimeter. So what's Nebraska try and do tonight? Yeah, and uh, uh, Fred Hoyer even – mentioned it because um, obviously Iowa was the, te- the last team they beat last season and they, that was at home obviously and then they went to Iowa City and got uh, got blown out so he said you can have whatever game plan you're going to do you're going to have to need you're going to have to get a little bit of luck uh, against these guys um, because Iowa missed a lot of open shots when Nebraska beat them last year and that's going to have to be the case this year because you can't play them straight up um, Garza is going to kill you if you don't send some kind of double. You don't send. You don't try to bother him at all. And if you're going to be sending those those double teams and having them come from different places, which is kind of what I anticipate, then everybody else is going to have to be on the same page. You can't. It can't be as simple as double, kick out, wide open three. You got to make them make the extra pass, extra two passes. You got to have them. Uh, rotate the ball to the guy to the 35% shooter instead of the 42% one, um, and all those kind of things. So it's got to be multiple efforts on defense. They're all going to have to be on the same page. When one guy doubles down, the next guy's got to rotate over, and then the helper's got to to cover for him. And you got to keep making Iowa earn everything 
you got to have them make the uh, have to make the right decision, read the court, and get the ball where it needs to be, and then you just kind of live with the result at that point. As long as you're not giving them wide open uh, wide open threes to their best shooters, and you're not letting guards that just go absolutely nuts inside one on one, I think the the Huskers will uh, be able to live with whatever the result is. But you're going to have to score too. That's going to be the uh, you're going to have to be able to keep up with them because you're not holding Iowa under. 65, 70 points or whatever. So you're going to have to hope what, that. What, uh, what can Walker <laughs> and, and Andre do matchup-wise? Where, where are, are some of their strengths? Or I guess less of a liability against Garza when we, when we talk about yeah. their, their skill set? And uh, Trey McGowan um, kind of met, compared Iowa a little bit to Illinois in the way that they had Kofi Coburn inside. And then you had guys like Iogasumu and Adam Miller and Trent Frazier on the perimeter that are really good guards that you have to respect. Um, so I think we'll probably see somewhat of a similar game plan um, to what Nebraska did against them the first time where um, they're really disruptive. And Walker was a big part of that, the way they battled with Coburn and um, weren't giving them easy touches um, and uh, kind of just flying around on defense. I, they gave themselves a chance in that game until Iowa just kind of took over down the stretch. Um, so I think we'll probably see something similar to that where you're going to battle. You're not going to give up deep post position. You're going to try to push him out and, and make him uh, put the ball on the deck a time or two to, to get into his move where you can have a guard dig in and maybe knock the ball away, that type of thing. It, it, we'll have to see. <laughs> it's a little bit tougher to, to use your fouls against Garza because he's a better free throw shooter than Coburn was, even though Coburn hit him against Nebraska the second game. Um, but... I think that's kind of what we're going to see. They're just going to have to battle, try to to, to front him at, at times, mix it up, um, try to shade him to where the help can come in there and make it a harder post-entry and all that type of stuff. And Derek Walker, he did a good job of that um, against Illinois when he was able to be out there. And I think he's been playing better the last few days than he even did then where he was struggling to stay on the court. So we'll, we'll see if he can stay out of foul trouble. That's going to be a big key for sure because – Eduardo Andre, um, he's got. There's a lot to like about him, but I don't think he's ready to play significant minutes against uh, Garza without racking up some fouls himself. We got uh, Weeping Water wandering in here to Longwell's a 51-50 overtime thriller. Uh, so you got a happy uh, bunch of folks uh, uh, smiling from Weeping Water. Jacob, I'll have Pius and uh, Omaha Central tomorrow night. Excited for that on ESPN Lincoln. Got about a minute and a half here. I, I am really wowed by Central's squad, not only Jones at point, but their size and athleticism. Um, you follow boys and girls basketball. This Central team, as young as they are, man, um, wow is all I can say. They, they could continue a run, couldn't they? Yeah, and they do have, you mentioned kind of the length. They have a little bit with, with Powell and Lapuyo coming off the bench. at 6'3", 6'5", you got there. Um, so they've got some length that can make it tough for Markowski to get easy touches and to get easy shots around the rim. And the fact that they've got two of them that they can rotate makes kind of the foul trouble um, a little bit easier to manage. We kind of saw the same thing with Miller North. And Miller North gave Pius a run for its money. They just couldn't score enough. And we know this Omaha Central team, they've got a little bit more offensive firepower with mm-hmm. Ania Jones and uh, Anaya Webb and Anaya Wayne. Like, they've, they've got some girls that can really shoot the ball. So um, I think uh, 
they match up well enough to potentially give Pius a, a tough battle if they're making good decisions and taking care of the ball and taking the right shots because Pius can really defend. And if, if you're making bad decisions, then they're going to they're gonna kill you with uh, turnovers and easy buckets um, and then feeding uh, Markowski inside, obviously. Jacob Adela, follow him. All your uh, girls and boys state tournament action uh, for sure with Husker basketball and Husker volleyball this weekend at Jacob Adela underscore on Twitter. Jacob, we'll see you at PBA tomorrow, buddy. Thanks for jumping on and keep up the great work. Appreciate your time. Yep, I'll see you there. All righty, Jacob Bedella. Uh, we are going to get to uh, the Pride of Chicago shortly. Uh, Burke's best bets. Danny Burke on the way. We're down here in the rail yard. Uh, so, so happy to be uh, on location here at Longwell's for State Tournament, Nebraska, Iowa. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, down here at Longwell's Roadshow for State Tournament Action. He is the pride of Chicago. You hear him on Rush Hour, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7, all over the country, uh, with the iHeart Media. And uh, we welcome in the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, at uh, Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Uh, Danny, it's it's March, brother. The weather's nice, and there's basketball to bet. How are you? I'm doing excellent, Schmitty. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous of your trip. I mean, at least we got, what, fishies this week. I'm hoping our golfing season's right around the corner. You know, uh, I will try and migrate that Arizona weather to Pride of Chicago land, so you can so you can take some some money down there on the golf course. But it's been interesting from a basketball standpoint. I know you keep an eye on Nebraska basketball. They've won two in a row. They were underdogged by about seven and a half or eight, and they absolutely drill Rutgers uh, on on Monday. And yeah, you look at this situation. In Iowa City, the Hawkeyes coming in at number five. They're 17 and a half point favorites. People are still wowed at the Ohio State win by Iowa. Any interest or thoughts tonight on on the Big Red and the Hawkeyes here in, in Carver Hawkeye? That last game against Rutgers, honestly, and I and I hand up haven't really bet too much college basketball. You know, uh, I was talking about it last week on the show. It's really just such a volatile sport, and I thought just because of how weird the season was going to be that I was probably just going to step away a little bit. But it seemed like a good spot for Nebraska in that game. Now, that's not to say that I thought they were going to necessarily win outright, but you've kind of had some of those feelings that I'm sure, like, you know, you guys who have watched it a lot more consistently than I have, kind of are able to pick out when Nebraska should be at least able to keep it close. And, you know, you look at this game against Iowa Schmitty and, you know, a 17 and a half point dog and it just seems a little bit too excessive, right? I mean, I get how dominant Iowa's offense is. I really do. But, you know, at the same time, their defense is nothing to write home about. Nebraska's coming in with a little bit of momentum. You know, of course, they're always maybe a little bit more incentive with an Iowa versus Nebraska type of game. But like, Iowa's coming off a nice win at Ohio State. It's not like, you know, there's nothing that – they need to do immensely, like dominate Nebraska. I mean, that's not going to change anything in terms of going into the tournament, at least in my opinion. So I look at this at 17 and a half. It's not to say that I'm actually going to bet it per, per se, but I mean, look, that just seems too high. So I think you got to take the 17 and a hook, if anything, despite how this matchup might be. That just seems way too much. 
I think you're right. Now, you've got recency on your side. Uh, Nebraska has won a couple in a row. They, in their last five or six games, they've, co- they've covered and they've won outright in a couple. But uh, there is the old Nebraska basketball curse where just when you feel okay, well, they kick you. <laughs> so uh, that, that's to be mindful. And, and I think Hoiberg nailed it. He's like, man, we could play great tomorrow hit his presser yesterday, and still get rolled. That's how good Iowa is. Um, You know, I think Nebraska could cover this, but if Iowa goes off, it wouldn't surprise me. But I I think I'm with you. I would lean towards taking the points in Nebraska as they're on the road at Iowa tonight. Nebraska seems to have better... A better identity right now on offense. They've played good defense, and everyone wishes Teddy uh, Teddy Buckets the best, but Nebraska seems to have been able to maybe take a really monster step forward share in the basketball, and that's pretty key here, Danny. And really, that's the biggest goal, and I know we've hit on this too, right? I mean, you know what the season's going to come to, but it's all about looking forward to next year at this point and kind of taking that next step forward uh, in Hoiberg's process, and this is exactly what you want to see from Nebraska, get these nice wins toward the end of the season, and more so, no obviously is expecting you to get the win against Iowa here, but, you know, if you can at least make it close, I mean, you know, if you were able to lose this game by single digits, I think that's a relative win for this Nebraska team, I mean, as indicated by the spread that we see here in 17 and a half, but more importantly, it's all about competing with these top teams because that's the spot you want to get to eventually. So if you can show that you're on the path to doing so, and especially going down close to the tournament time here, I think that's going to bode well going into next year. Burke's Best Bets, Danny Burke with us. The brightest Chicago Vizan Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. His show Rush Hour. And you hear that on the iHeart Media Outlet and different uh, affiliates across the country. Danny, let's talk Michigan. How wowed were you by what Illinois did earlier this week to Michigan? Uh, it's a rivalry game here with Sparty, and Sparty uh, has really handed it to Michigan. If you go back to last year, well, this is a different Michigan team. Number right now is at minus 12 Michigan over their in-state rival. A game against Illinois, I guess it necessarily wasn't you know, completely shocked that U of I was able to win. I mean, they're still an overall really sound team. So even though DeSumo was out, I mean, I still thought they had a good chance, right? I mean, everybody seemed to overreact, which I get it because he's, you know, the top two player in the country. But I'm shocked that they won by the amount they did more so than the fact that they did. So that was impressive, no doubt about it. Michigan State had their nice little run, and they drop into Maryland, get a nice bounce back win against Indiana, and then they come in in this spot. You know, 11 and a half is where we saw the opener. Now it's at about 12, so a little bit of movement is going toward the Wolverines here. I'm a little bit skeptical, though, with this spreadsheet. You know, I, I think it's right. You know, it's almost too much to where you want to take Michigan State, but at the same time, I don't know how much I can fully trust the Spartans team going against their in-state rival with a team who just came off an embarrassing loss, you could say, at home. So I think I would more so play with the total here. You see some movement to the over, 139.5, as high as 140.5 in some spots. I think I'd go with that trend and probably lean over in this game, thinking it might be closer than the spread indicates that it could be a back-and-forth battle with a lot of high scoring. I probably look over in this matchup, if any. Uh, Danny Burke is with us, the pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets. Find him on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. Uh, Danny, about a minute here. Any NBA or NHL on your radar? Yeah, I had a couple hockey games that uh, stuck out to me, and I guess I'll just 
start with a few that I pulled the trigger on. Um, these will probably be official best bets, but nothing that, you know, we've gone over, obviously, on the show per se yet. But the couple that stood, that stood out to me, the Canadians and the Jets playing and pretty, you know, really close here at 6 p.m. Central time. And I thought this one was fascinating because look, the Canadians have not been anything special here. The Jets, I caught them at a plus price at about plus 130 or a little bit over that. But look, the Canadians finally, you know, got a win after they fired their coach. But it was against the Ottawa Senators, who granted have been playing better, but, you know, nothing that would give me so much confidence with this Canadians team to want to lay the price that they were at the opener, like minus 162 or even minus 145, as high as they are right now. The Jets also have yet to lose consecutive games in regulation this season. They're 6 0 1 following a regulation loss. So because of the plus price and the talent they have and the struggles that the Canadiens have had, I took the plus money here with Winnipeg. I think they have a good chance tonight. Uh, another game that I circled out, uh, the Rangers and the Devils, I think, is pretty intriguing. Now, you've seen a little bit of line movement go toward the Rangers from about minus 110 to minus 115. The Devils are not a good team whatsoever. They're on a three-game losing streak. They've beaten the Rangers twice this season. So, probably been their best matchup, but it's kind of one of those things where you think the Rangers are due here. Uh, don't really trust the Devils. Don't think they're going to beat them three times in a row, so I like the Rangers here for a smaller price. And then another team that I kind of looked at, the Islanders were an intriguing matchup to win in regulation. Now, usually you don't want to lay that much of a plus or a, a, a high price with them at about minus 185 to minus 190, somewhere around there. But look, Buffalo has just been a train wreck since they've returned from COVID. And the Islanders had their number and play exceptionally well at home. So you do the win in regulation, you get a little bit better price at about minus 115 or so. And those are probably the top three that I rounded out on the ice. Danny Burke with us. Danny will do this again. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Talk to you again soon. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from uh, our friend Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets. We're winding down a road show, and that is so good to say, on the road here in front of Girls State Basketball in Nebraska, Iowa, here at Longwells. And if you're going to be out and about, enjoy the weather, enjoy the camaraderie, enjoy the fellow Nebraskans uh, with uh, things getting opened up a little bit better. And uh, big thanks to Longwells for having us. A lot of folks are here. They're masked. They're responsible. It's spaced out. Garage doors are open, so there's free-flowing air in here. And, of course, uh, the rail yard has uh, got butts in seats here at the picnic tables. And, man, I'm just smiling because a year ago uh, we were covering Girls State, and it got a little funky after that with uh, COVID, obviously. And we were still able to knock out boys coverage but it was just uh the world we the new world right we turned into and and it's been so damaging to so many and you fought through and you persevered because you're you're strong and you're great nebraskans so just excited for for tomorrow and our plan tomorrow is uh mozi here locally will have Norris at 1.30. We'll have other action around 9 this tomorrow morning as well on ESPN Lincoln. And then we'll have a Hale Varsity. The Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, is going to make an appearance. We'll be live at PBA doing Hale Varsity. 
And then following that, excited to have Coach Tim Barretta from Southwest sit in and do color with me as we'll have Central and Pius tomorrow night for the uh, the trip to go to state. And as Pius and Coach Pesota tries to go back-to-back, uh, of course, the pride of Ord, Eddie Markowski uh, is an assistant, and his, his girl is so, so good. Uh, uh, Alexis and talent team. I can't wait to see Central and, uh, and Pius tomorrow night. We have spent plenty of time on, on some college football and fan attendance on our minds tonight. Husker basketball. You know, what can Nebraska get done, right? What can they get done? That line's about 17 and a half. I think Nebraska will hang around under 10 for a while. And I think they'll probably even cover kiss of death time. <laughs> but when push comes to shove, I think there's just too much Iowa. And we're talking 76, 63, 8, you know. And, and Jacob made some great points about just what Iowa's been able to do defensively. Uh, Doug Duda off the top rope with steel chair in hand says Garza goes for 30 and 20. Hey, you know what? Maybe he goes for 30 and 20, but everybody else is three for 17 from three-point land. Uh, Doc has been really good. Uh, Motes is letting me know. Jeff Motes, you uh, jackwagon. The game is on KFOR. Yes, the game is on KFOR locally tomorrow night at 6 for uh, for Pius in, in Omaha Central. But a full slate of championship Saturday potentially for you on ESPN Lincoln and uh, KFOR. Uh, excited about that. Damon Barr, real quick, what's for dinner? About 10 seconds. A, uh, a little salmon, some mashed potatoes, Ooh, and uh, some doing cheesy salmon. bread. Yep, salmon. Uh, got it at Costco, the little pre-made one. So put it in the oven, easy to go. So Damon Barr is saying, I'm doing salmon. Hey, we'll be at PBA tomorrow. Thanks for spending time. Thanks for hanging out. Back at you tomorrow on Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.